welcome to House Common Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode may contain graphic content, such as copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, infantile to immortal, fantasy drug use, nudity, and perhaps mentions of sex and sound effects of various qualities. We cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned! Master, this all sounds really scary! Alright, Cobalt was on ship, but then Cobalt jumped on boat, but then ship turned into big monster! Really big monster! And where Dusty Kitty go? Oh, there Dusty Kitty! But Cobalt arms too small! So folk go go run! Run run! Also middleman and other boat! But we all escape with the power of friendship! Also ow! <laughs> what hurt Cobalt? But all safe on land! Cobalt, Metal Man, Dusty Kitty, and <laughs> The next day, Cobalt and Metal Man go and look for Collar. Metal Man do things while outside, and Cobalt not exactly remember, cause Cobalt go La La Land. Oh, La La Land is when Cobalt close eyes, and then plug ears, and go La 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 La. But then Cobalt find Ballad Man have collar. Does that wrap it up? <laughs> I think pretty much. Yeah. I know there were I know there were other details, but that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, that covers the uh, main basics. Dusty Kitty, make deal with Devil! Yeah, that's a big old dealio, too. Um, <laughs> So, we're going to start off with John. John, you're uh, sitting at Leo's Respite. Um, can you describe, like, what the scenery looks like in your uh, tavern? Um, yes, it looks very... I mean, before it was kind of, you know, run down and kind of, you know, where criminals and people hang out. So I'm trying to to reimagine it, putting some nice clothes, like lighting more light so it's brighter in there and, and making it a little bit fancier, but still humble. Mm -hmm. Is there a hearth in there? Yeah, and it's it's always lit, and it's imagining like uh, I've put up some like um, some nice decorations, and the tables have cleaned up and stuff like that. Fully stocked liquor on behind the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fully stock liquor. I again imagine it like typical bar where you see the bartender and there's like a shit ton of glass like bottles behind them of uh, various liqueurs. And you're at a wooden table with uh, Jacked. Uh, just to remind everyone, Jacked is uh, the person or the the cat from the very first episode. A guy's uh, like escaped the island with and uh, saved from a nickel from an experiment. Uh, you see Jack uh, going over a few details with, it looks like, uh, a heist that you guys are assumedly planning for uh, Earl Diamond's estate. So, what exact topic do you think uh, Jack and uh, Leah would be talking about, John? I think we'd be talking about, um, you know, some of the, how to, like, um, staking out the joint. Mm. Who who should we get involved? What do we need? That kind of stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, he asks you like um, straight up and personally. He goes, 
Well, we need someone to go in as a face to try to get everyone else in. Security alone around the property, it, it, we could sneak in, but I wouldn't recommend it. Out of all the protection around Jade Hill, the state has the most. What would you recommend for infiltration? Well, I have been told I have quite a magnificent face. And he just gives you a smirk and goes, Yes, you do, Leo. Yes, you do. And he just looks down at, uh, like, the diagram. And it's a basic uh, diagram. Um, Just to show you what we have on uh, the map, because I do have it on the world map. If you guys look at the map, uh, top right corner, uh, you'll see an estate uh, near the uh, top of the head. I can actually move the map a bit. Yep, right there. That would be the estate. So uh, getting up there alone, like pretend we're looking at the map, it's all white, uh, black and white with a lot of lines. Uh, the left-hand side leading up to it is a cliffside. A very like steep cliffside going up and getting to the actual state there's green grass and a very large building with constant patrols and like the very few guards that remain along with assumedly gray hounds uh, the mercenary group is uh, still acting as uh, protection at this location and basically he wants to iron out the main details how do we infiltrate it how do we get to uh, uh, the target room? And he goes on to say, like, this target room has assortment of artifacts that you usually can't find. Uh, stuff that the Magical Inquisition have been collecting. And now they're displaying it to other nobles to show, like, how well of a job that they're doing. And ironing out the details, he wants to know how, how we can infiltrate it, how we're going to get to this room, like, what kind of people do we need? He's offering you this information and trying to spitball plan with you. So what what's a rough idea of how this plan's going to work out and what do we need, Leo? So the way I see it, any good heist, we need the, the sneaky one, which I think, uh, I think I know, I know a certain cat that might be able to help us with that. It's always good to uh, bring some muscle got that covered and then there might be some tight squeezes and i think i know just the little blue lizard that could get us in areas that the others can't so i think i know some some people that i could convince into getting some magical items and he nods along nods and he goes well the main problem that we're going to be dealing with is inquisitor amas is going to be head of security and the man of honor during this ball are you familiar with Inquisitor Amas? Yes, we've we've got a uh, a good uh, back and forth. So you know, being on his bad side would be bad. <laughs> and he just gives you a look like we got to be careful. <laughs> yes, he's a little bit um hot headed, and so is a spear. So I think we can uh, get in and out before anyone's the wiser. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And he nods along. Um, well, while you guys are discussing this, uh, you do see a few uh, silhouettes outside of uh, Leo's respite. Do you keep talking along? Do anything? Uh, I mean, I'll take a glance out the window, see if I can see who it is. Give me an insight check. What do you get? Twelve. Twelve. Just seems like random people outside. You take a glance, you don't recognize any of them. So... Jacked is uh, still uh, helping you plan along. 
uh, saying he might have a few people on his side. He goes, uh, there's a few people in the Grim Song who might be able to help us with this operation. Not only can we steal magical artifacts, but you know nobles. They always have a trinket or two that's worth uh, uh, a possible death sentence. And he just gives you a golden sheen on his eyes. We could make a lot of profit from this. And he, uh, like, mindlessly tells you a few details, and then you just see, like, a few men come in. About four or five people wearing, I'd say, gray clothes or gray armor. Just gray things in general for regular outfits. And one of them has a bat, and he walks up to the bar again. It, something seems a little off. Do you do anything? Can I help you, gentlemen? And he looks at you, gives you a smile, reels back with his bat, and fucking slams it against glass bottles. We hear shattering glass as liquid hits the floor. He, like, uh, the, the bartender that you have tries to stop him, and he gets one hit across the kneecap and goes down faster than Asmodai's uh, debtor. The bat keeps hitting the glass, and you see, like, a few of the other men trying to uh, trash the place by breaking a chair or two or a table with flipping shit. It looks like they want to wreck up your joint. Now, gentlemen, there's no need for that. And you do see, like, now taking a closer look at them, they do have uh, the, the sigil of uh, the Grey Hound. And you do recognize some of them as uh, the people that you recruited last night. And they are wrecking your shit without even thinking about it. So for uh, the first, uh, I'd say, six, ten seconds that this is happening, I'm going to calculate damages. Now, boys, I think it's time you stop that. Yep. They do 37 gold worth of damages. Yep. And <laughs> they keep breaking. Uh, well, do a persuasion check. Tell me what you get. 26. 26, that's a pretty high persuasion check, but unfortunately it looks like these people are paid in order to do what they're doing without consequence. I think uh, at most, like, uh, you talked maybe one, two of the guys down, but it looks like the guy with the bat who's leading the operation is keeping them in check. They are still gonna break shit unless you intervene. How, like, are they all close together to each other? They're uh, spread out equally fucking up your tavern. Um, if you want, we can go to the map and I can show you where the placement is. Yeah. All right. So again, just like always, we go back to our familiar tavern. All right. So going along with it, we see about uh, four humans, uh, all greyhounds, uh, fucking up your inn at the moment. This is uh, how the enemy placement looks at the moment. You guys are at a table at the center of the tavern. We got uh, two guys fucking around with... Uh, a uh, table right next to uh, the stairs that go up, uh, like, uh, the stairs. Uh, then we have a lone guy fucking up a table on your guys' far right. And then we have someone in front of you, uh, way in front of you, fucking up uh, all the liquor behind the bar. And the guy behind the bar is the one with the bat. The other guys actually do have, like, mauls. So all blunt weapons just smashing things. I'm going to say, since another turn has passed, I'm going to do some more damages. All right, so that's 37 and 23. They are messing up your place. So what do you do? Uh, I'm going to shatter the two that are close together. Okay, uh, go right ahead. Tell me what the damage is. It's a 13 constitution. Okay, all right. So one fails. Um, 
So one takes 16, the other takes eight. All right, all right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that table's destroyed. Yeah. Gotta send a message, though. All right. So uh, we see... Uh, how does Shatter look? Tell me a visual look of how uh, how it goes. Um, so I just, like, pull out my horn and um, not even playing it, just, like, holding it out, kind of, like, casting a fishing line. And... Um, there's like a small orb between them and then it just kind of expands and then hmm. creates a really loud noise. All right, you initiated combat with that. Uh, roll for initiative for me. 15. All right, I'm going to say that you went uh, first on a surprise round and consider everyone else is now in turn order. All right. So uh, with combat, we see the guy behind the bar. Uh, he looks at you and goes, Ah, we got a fighter! And starts uh, coming towards you. He uh, goes over to the table, and I'm going to say, uh, since you guys are right next to the table, he uh, hits the table downward to uh, create a little bit of cover for himself. And uh, basically, he fucking hits the table, it's upwards, he's keeping it up to act as a little bit of a wall between you guys. Um, We have uh, this guy over here. He walks up to you, and uh, he uh, slams down his maul on you. Wow, nat one. So uh, I'm going to say uh, what actually happens with uh, that nat one for uh, him to hit you is uh, it hits the uh, table itself and uh, uh, fucks up the cover of his ally, breaking the table. I'm going to do d20, see how much damage that was. That's uh, 13 for the table. Expenses are building up. Somehow, even when you're not hurting him, you're somehow hurting him, Gray. Yeah, I know. This is fun. I, I like the idea of, like, fucking up the tavern. Well, unfortunately for you, uh, this guy does have another attack coming right at you. That's 19 to hit. Does that hit you? No. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it hits me. Of course it hits me. I'm a bard. <laughs> Alright. Max damage. That does 8. He, uh, basically, I want to imagine he hits your knee. Then uh, we have uh, you going next. So uh, ignore the table that is uh, no longer in front of you. Just imagine it in uh, shambles. And you have uh, two enemies in front of you. Uh, I'm going to Thunder Wave them. Oh, all right. Go right ahead. So it's a 13 saving constitution. All right. Two tens. And nope, their plus is enough. They both fail. So they both take nine. All right. And they are pushed... Uh, 10 feet away from me. Alright. It seems like uh, the guy who came up to you and actually hit you, uh, you uh, knock him back with uh, that thunderous uh, blow. And uh, the shatter and uh, what was the name of that ability again? Thunder Wave. And that Thunder Wave did some serious damage. It looks like you broke uh, his arm, maybe uh, fractured his uh, rib cage, and now his skin has started to turn black. Um, the person with the bat, uh, he's still holding up strong. It looks like, uh, you started a little bit of a fire on his, uh, bat that he has, and he's, uh, just knocked it on the ground to put it out. Does that end your turn? No, I'm gonna kind of move close to the door, but not, mm -hmm. like, out of it. Alright, uh, you see Jacked. He, uh, just, you see a fire in his eyes as he, uh, hulks over to the guy that, uh, you did some serious damage to. So you see that uh, he starts to get a, a little reckless, 
and uh, basically pulls out uh, this uh, great axe he's been uh, having behind his back, and he goes in for a slash with both hands. My god! And he loses himself in his rage and uh, slashes at your table. Do a d20 for damage. He fucked up your floor a little bit with his great axe. Watch the floor. Just to uh, remind everyone at home how much damage has been done to this bar so far. That's 92 pieces of gold. So, Jack goes in, uh, tries to uh, slam down at him. Doesn't work. Uh, he does have multi-attack, though. So he's going to go in for another blow. He uh, does uh, 19 on one of his hits. Goes in for a strike. My god, but does damn near minimal damage. But it looks like... Uh, the person he's attacking is half or just damn near on death's door. I'm going to say he took off a couple fingers with uh, that slice of the great axe. Okay, uh, next we have this person over here who's uh, coming up. A uh, person on the uh, far right to Leo. Comes up right next to you, uh, Leo, as you're uh, near the door. And he starts uh, trying to slam you with uh, his maul. Yep. Uh, 17 to hit. Yeah, it is. All right. Does seven points of damage. Again, uh, this time it hits you, I want to imagine, like, on your shoulder blade. Uh, as this uh, person comes to your uh, right side and uh, fucks up your arm slightly. Next, we have uh, one of the people who was uh, hurt by the shatter. He goes through the table that your buddy destroyed, and uh, they gang up on Jacked. Uh, they meet to beat, and they do uh, five points of damage to Jacked. Uh, next, in uh, turn order, next on turn order, we have uh, the person with bat. And uh, he's coming towards you. Since uh, he's close to an ally, this thug has an advantage on uh, his attack roll against you. Nope. 15, does that hit? Yeah. Yeah. Some serious damage going on. Does four points of damage to you. All right. Then uh, this guy near Jacked, he's going to try to hit him with advantage. 16 meets to beat. And that does seven points of damage to Jacked. All right. Next we have Leo. Leo, what do you do? Looks like Jack's uh, trying to uh, protect your inn, and uh, these uh, Greyhound thugs are ganging up on both of you. Um, so first I'm going to yell out, because that's not an action to like yell out for someone. Nope. So I'm going to try to yell out for Gus. Oh, okay. Um, You can uh, do yell. Uh, let's see. I didn't say he was anywhere near, but we can, uh, we can roll. So here's how I want to do it. I'm going to roll a uh, D100. I'm not going to tell you what percentage I'm going to set it at. All right. Make a, uh, how would I go for how loud you could yell? Constitution, probably. Yeah. Yeah, do, yeah, make a constitution throw. I won't tell you the DC. I think I made it. I got a three. <laughs> <laughs> we hear a barely audible gasp as he tries to yell for a man named Gus. Uh, what do you do? Uh, I guess I got to cast Thunderwave. Go right ahead. Uh, Constitution 13. Okay. Nat 1. 3 on the other person. Neither one of them make it. Ironically, the thunder wave was much louder than his meow. Yes, it was. <laughs> so, 8 damage. Alright. And push 10 feet. Alright, so uh, you do this, uh, another thunder wave with a man with bat and a man to your right. You uh, do this, I would assume like a full metal alchemist clap. And we see like shock waves around your hand as it blows like these people away. Um, next we have Jacked, who's still really pissed. He's going to try to hit the person. Wait, can I, can I, uh, move? Yeah, go right ahead. Move over there. All right. 
So uh, you uh, ru- uh, dash to the left, and uh, not an actual dash move, but you uh, start running to uh, the left, and uh, you hide behind uh, one of your tables. And we see Jacked as you uh, run by, uh, using his great axe again. All right, does 14. See if that hits. Yep, just enough. Does uh, 14 to hit a person. And does max damage. He basically sends this uh, great axe into, like, uh, the the side of this person's neck and splits them all the way down to, like, uh, the rib cage. And that person falls to the ground dead. We looked at uh, Jack as he uh, uses that same momentum as he's pulling it out to basically hit this person to his uh, right. Gets a nat one and does more damage to your floor. Watch the damn floor. <laughs> That's 16 uh, gold to your uh, floor. All right. That's 108 gold for anyone uh, keeping track. This uh, place is getting really, really fucked up. Next, we have uh, the person that Leo sent flying to his uh, right. Let's see? Nope. All right. So uh, this person is going to drop their mace, pull out their uh, uh, crossbow, and try to take a shot at you. So I've got cover from the table. Yeah, nah, I'm going to go with half since it's a fucking table. Um, I'll give you plus two. All right, so he uh, ha- pulls out his crossbow, goes for the shot, and I assume a nine doesn't hit you. No. No, so it shoots. It hits a window right behind you and do a D10. That's, uh, <laughs> it cracks your window. Add plus one to that. It's 109. Next, we have uh, the person with the bat. He does actually go up to you. And I'll still give you cover. Uh, let's see. I assume 12 doesn't hit you? Nope. No, sorry, not 12, 14. Uh, I get I get plus 2 AC for the cover. Then no, it doesn't hit you. Yep. No, so it doesn't hit you. But it does hurt your uh, uh, furniture that's protecting you. That's uh, 10 gold for uh, the table that he hit. At least they're not hitting the floors. They're yeah. Like say. Yep. So this place is getting slowly but surely destroyed. Leo is now your turn. I um, the guy who just swung at me, I'm going to tell him this fight is too dangerous. It's not worth the gold. I suggest you flee now, and I'm going to cast suggestion on him. All right, Ed. So he has to beat a wisdom thirteen. He rolls an eight. So. He does not pass that. It does sound very reasonable. Uh, with how one of his uh, buddies was cut in half, this was supposed to be a simple, you know, destroy and and maybe bust a few heads, but no one was supposed to die. So you see the man, he just gives you a nod and starts to walk outside, which he will do on his turn. Uh, is that all you do? Uh, I am going to um, inspire... Uh, uh, jacked. Hmm. All right, go right ahead. You can do it, buddy. Just yep. stop messing up my floor. <laughs> yeah, it, I feel so inspired. Yeah, I do too. Hmm. All right. Uh, so we have a uh, jacked, and he goes in to attack this person. Uh, and uh, your uh bardic inspiration is d6, right? Yeah, but it it's not don't... worth it for four. Yeah, not worth it. I don't think he can add it to the to, uh. Oh, he can add to attack rolls. Never mind. Yeah, just it's just attack roll. Anyways, uh, so they're going. Uh, he's going in with another blow. He does uh, eighteen or eight points of damage. He's uh, 
he's uh, chopped off a few fingers from the guy that he's attacking at the moment as he tries to uh, protect you and uh, your place best of his abilities uh we got the person near the door very confused why his compatriot seems like he's about to leave and he goes for another shot at you crossbow not 20 just waiting you doing anything can i do anything there's you you, you have tools that you can use like uh, but it, it's not my turn i can't uh, just to clarify, because Cobalt had the same misconception, you can use inspiration out of order in our games. Oh, okay. Then, then yeah, I'm gonna ins- take that away from. Yeah, if you want, you can make him roll at disadvantage. That's one of the things you can do. Yeah, so I want to use the inspiration to. Okay. And do you have any more inspiration after that, or is that it? Oh, I didn't know we could have more than one. I think that's it, though. Mm, yeah, we, we, you can stockpile inspiration. Does 18, though. Still hits. It's just not critical damage. Yeah. Does uh, 3 for uh, uh, D10 roll of uh, damage at you. Hits you in the shoulder, I would assume. It doesn't matter. I'm unconscious. Oh! Wow. Uh, does suggestion uh, still work? Uh, no, it's concentration. It's concentration, so it's not. Yeah. Alright. Hmm. Alright, alright. So, let's see. You're on the ground. We have uh, Jacked over here, who is uh, still roughing up these people. And I'm going to say that we uh, cut out of this uh, scene. Yeah, We uh, cut out of this scene, because it's not too interesting to me just like doing combat for both sides, even though I would love to do death saves. We'll just cut out for a second with uh, a mace flashing across uh, Jack's face. Let's move on. Um, Let's see, who do I want to move on to next? So we uh, see Dust. Walking along the street. Dust, what are you doing today after that hard negotiation? Well, knowing where they're going to deliver Alphonse, I'd be making my way towards the end to wait for his delivery. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're going along uh, and you do see a ruckus inside of the building. You see a man walking outside with uh, like a bat as he's tapping it on the floor on the ground and you see that he has a fang in his hand uh you see uh two uh, other men like walking out to both of them pretty uh skirmished up do you take a look at leo's respite yeah uh look uh i'm gonna stop the deal with the fang it's like you don't look like a tabaxi yeah he has a fang in his hand so you're trying to stop the guy with uh, uh like the bat and the fang in his hand correct all right, you go up to stop him and he goes, ah, can't be an easy day, can it? And he looks at you, the fuck do you want? Oh, I was just wondering if you guys were the ones that roughed up the place last time I was here. It looked pretty nice. You guys have some strong hands. Yeah, uh, you, you look at <laughs> Leo's respite. It is fucked. Like, it's going to be a nightmare for Leo to fix this up. And he looks at you and goes, whose fucking business do you think it is? Certainly not Yoas, and he goes in close to you, and he's a little taller than you, looking down at you, and goes, I got one cat's fang today, you want to make it too? Why do you got to be so hostile towards me? I didn't even answer your question. It's not mine. Why would I care? Then fuck off. Then he turns around and starts walking away with a few of his friends. Well, since he got close to me, did I get a good look at his face? Yeah, you did. He has a scar on his cheek. He has uh, basically ground uh, greyhound sigil on uh, his uh, shirt and shit. And now that you think about it, this was the person that Leo talked to into uh, getting you money. 
into uh, making you uh, sound like you're a part of the uh, Greyhound mercenaries. And he's walking right away with, like, a, a vein popping and uh, eyes bulged in anger as he's uh, tapping the ground with his bat. So before going inside, I'm going to just follow him with my eyes until he goes um, out of view to see around which way he's walking. It seems like he's walking in the direction of uh, Jade Hill. So he's going to uh, the other, like, uh, God, I'm not even sure how to describe, like, the world map. Is it technically a plateau? No. But what what the hell do you call Florida? Like, what what is Florida technically, like, called? A peninsula. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so these are kind of like uh, two connecting peninsulas, strept, uh, like, uh, like, separated by a great river connected by bridges, in a sense. And uh, he's heading towards uh, Jade Hills, which is the other side, the better side. Um. After that, I'd walk in. Anyways, uh, like you were before, um, you go into Leo's respite. Correct. You see uh, Jack uh, trying to uh, help out uh, uh, Leo on the floor. It looks like Jack is pretty fucked up. He looks at you and goes, A long time no see. And he looks at Dust and says, uh, we had a little bit of a tough time without you, my friend. Seems like it. Mm -hmm. And he motions you over to help him out, like try to uh, help out Leo. Which I will go do, and I'll aid um, Jacked in trying to revivify or resurrect Leo. <laughs> so I'm just going to make a stabilize check with advantage, see how that turns out. Yeah, it he uh, stabilizes uh, uh, Leo. Um, remind me, uh, Stabilize uh, just brings you to a zero, right? Yes. Yeah, so he's still unconscious, but he's just not dying. Alright, um, so he looks for, like, a pillow or something to, uh, make sure that, you know, Leo's head isn't strictly on the splintered wood floor, and, uh, he has a little bit of trouble, but eventually comes out of a room with a pillow and a blanket and basically, uh, supports his head. Why not just bring him up to one of his beds? And I go hoist him up. He tries to stop you, but, you know, you do it anyways. It's like, you don't want to move up. Okay. Yeah. It's like, when someone's that fucked up, you don't want to move them too much until you know they're all right. <laughs> and you just see, like, fucking Leo's head bobbling around like he's getting a concussion every time you're fucking wiggling his head. But no, uh, I assume you bring him to uh, one of his uh, rooms? Yes. All right. Uh, you, uh, bring him to, uh, one of the rooms, and, uh, we see Leo, uh, just fucking conked. Leo, can you, uh, make me a 1d6 roll? You, Two. assuming that no one helps you or tries to, you know, give you a health potion or anything, you're out for about, uh, two hours. Would I, just for clarification, like, after those two hours, am I at one HP, or would it be equivalent to a short rest? If I remember correctly, if you're unconscious, you can't gain the benefits of a short rest memory serves me right okay uh sound about right mega iceman yeah you don't yeah. get a you don't get it because you're not really resting you're recuperating you're not asleep you have lost consciousness all right so uh he is knocked the hell out and uh jack uh, looks at you and just goes i you think he might need a healer well i mean he seems a little bit unconscious that wouldn't be the hardest thing to deduce should we leave him alone, bring him to him, or bring a healer here? Well, you look a little banged up yourself. 
Uh, I'm fine. I'm, and he just look, just brushes it off. I, I'm fine. Don't don't worry about me. What about Leo? We we need to help him out. We had a deal going on, and and he just starts to like basically just give you a, a growl as he says those guys fucked it up, and he's just like fucking just arms crossed, like fucking laying back on the wall trying to figure out what the hell he needs to do. Well, what you could do is either go find a healer or. Uh, maybe you can scavenge up some healing potions, and I toss him ten gold. I'll help clean up the place. Mm -hmm. And he goes, uh, do you know a good healer? None that I can trust, sadly. Mm -hmm. And uh, he starts to uh, walk out with a ten gold in hand as he uh, uh, starts going out. Now, uh, w Dust, what do you do in the meantime? Like, tell me what you're doing. I am going to look for the bartender. Uh, you see the bartender, and uh, he's also uh, nursing, like, uh, entry on his leg. It seems like it's uh, pretty fucked up. So they held no hands against y'all, did they? And he gives you a look and just says, it just happened. All of a sudden, they just walked in and started destroying everything. And he looks around. All of our liquor, it's gone. And he looks around our furniture, it's broken. How the hell are we supposed to turn a profit? And he just shakes his head. We've had a couple bar fights, but nothing... Nothing like this. And he's limping around just trying to, uh, you know, clean up the place for Leo. And I'm going to help him start cleaning up. And while I am, I'm asking about my uh, stick that I had him hide. Well, actually, he looks beyond the table. He looks beyond the table and goes, oh, oh, no. How important was that stick? On a scale from one to I want to hurt you real bad, probably the latter. And he, like, brings it up, and it looks like it was one of, one of the things the guy with the bat, like, broke as he was in here. It snapped in half from the bat, like, destroying everything. Oh, cool. At least they didn't take it. Oh, you're good. I give him a little pat on the head and <laughs> a little bit better. Yeah. A uh, little promise stick is snapped, and uh, you guys, uh, we'll do a montage saying that you guys are, clean are cleaning up the inn. Now, let's uh, go back to the other two. We see uh, Cobalt and uh, Asmodee in an alleyway with uh, uh, Frankie, a person who was intimidated by Earl all lo too long ago, uh, a gang or a part of the Wild Ones, an elf with a badger on his hand. So uh, he says uh, Fallon has a color. What do you guys say in response to that? Wait, Fallon man have color? And he just gives you a nod and just says, "I look, I only seen it once. He said it was what black uh, with a blue gem. Is that what it looked like? Uh, like a cobalt nods his head like, why, when see Ballad Man with color? And we'll, we'll treat this as a flashback as he explains it to you guys. And we'll, we'll say it cuts away like a film and a projector, like skipping. And we see like a... Uh, a sepia-toned uh, scene as we uh, see Frankie walking down the streets. Then that all-too-familiar scene of a bright flash of light in the sky above. He looks up and sees a familiar cobalt hitting the ground with the collar bouncing off. And then we see Colbert, or Colbeard, grab the uh, collar. It zooms up to the collar's reflection as we see his like nasty grin reflecting off of it. Then we flash forward a little bit uh, farther as he's dragging, or Colbeard's dragging Cobalt, and then we see Fallon dragging Dust 
and jacked. We see Colebeard and Fallon talking a little bit as uh, they talk to the man, the very first person you guys met at the first episode, uh, a member of uh, uh, Clearwater Sailing, and they put you in the boat and sail you off. Then we see Colebeard talking with Fallon a little bit more, gives him the collar, and we see Frankie behind like uh, the one of the warehouses watching the scene and walking away. In essence, he told you Fallon helped out with kidnapping Dust and uh, uh, Jacked to basically kill you guys. The kobold falls on his little butt and looks down at the ground. Kobold! Kobold no one believe! Well, it's the truth. It really is. Large hand pats kobold on head mm-hmm. like a doggy. it is alright unfortunately your belief is not a factor in whether or not reality makes something true and it would seem that your friend Fallon has been playing out of both sides of mouth Cobalt Cobalt needs see for Cobalt's self Cobalt need talk Fallon man I want to see if we can find him. And then possibly we can get something done there if he has color. Eh, we know who. We know that this one was telling truth. But men other night say Fallon Man disappear. Where Fallon Man go now? That is a good question. I looked to the person that we were just uh, grilling for questions. Any idea where Fallon is at the moment? Uh, you guys hear about the ball that's going to be happening tomorrow night? Uh, no, we have not. What ball? Been a little bit busy the last 12 hours. He scratches, like, the back of his neck as he tries to help you guys out and says, uh, well, with the events that unfolded that one night, uh, you know, the one with the orphanage, how it got blown to smithereens, there was... Uh, how would I say? And he's trying to think of the best words. There was a larger incursion of demons that night. The guard tried to stop it, and it cut those guards in half. And then after that, cut them half again with uh, what happened with the barracks. They're low on guards. That's no damn secret. And he says to you, with the ball that's been happening, this has been planned for months. There are people of high importance from all over the Pangea coming to this one estate to celebrate with Burl Diamond. So naturally protection is of the utmost importance. So all the guards more than likely are getting prepped up for tomorrow, working over their reports. And he uh, pulls out like a little uh, a rolly of uh, blue tobacco and uh, basically lights a match as he starts smoking. Blue, blue smoke comes out of his mouth and he says, oh, if I had to guess, You'd find your man at the estate, but good luck trying to get over the bridge. Nevertheless, get into the estate. Uh, common folk like you, me, and he looks down at Cobalt, whatever that is, don't have no right going on that property. And he starts smoking. Yeah, I have an idea. Do you now? The Cobalt just follow lead. Mm-hmm. So, uh, is that it? Do you grill him for any more questions? No, um, we got the answers that we needed. So, Ball is 
Just like, he has just like a bit of a confused... It is like tribal dance. Very important, uh, big celebration. Lots of fancy things. It's like a fancy dance. But then, what thing that Clutchling play with? Uh, he also plays with ball, but they're two different type of balls. There's lots of balls that can be in the air at once. It all mean different type of ball. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so it's Sinya, 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 Party. Party. No, different thing. Same word. I'm actually struggling out of character to, to figure out what you're trying to say. Same. Same. Usually I can guess it. Celebration? There you go. Yeah. That word. Celebration. Can, can Cobalt also celebrate with ball? Duh. That means yes. Oh, Cobalt, no, no, that word. Cobalt, write it down. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, is that uh, it for your little RP as we go along? Yeah, we're, I'm going to take Cobalt, and we're going to head to the bridge. Okay, so you guys are going towards the bridge. Um, I'm going to say the long way that you guys uh, pass by uh, Leo's respite, but before we get to that, uh, I want to address a few things as you go going along. Mainly world building and to explain a few things a bit more clearly. As you guys are walking along, uh, in uh, the higher up area, or you know, uh, the middle class essentially of the blighted slums, you do see uh, cobalt. I'm not sure if I should make a roll for it, but assuming cobalt, you do see the frog that chased you that one night. Yeah, <coughs> yeah, no shit. Now we, I want to imagine we see Col- uh, cobalt scream. Then we uh, like there's a uh, zoomed up. Uh, like, the camera zooms up to the frog's face, and instead of having red hair, it has purple hair. Instead of having, I believe it was uh, a black skin, it's like a dark purple. And we look at it as it croaks, and when it croaks, its throat bulges, and instead of seeing, like, human skulls, you see, like, uh, insects, like, white luminescent insects. As it bulges its neck, you see, like, basically the souls of insects, then it comes back and then we zoom out and it's just a very small cage acting as a lantern with a uh, small frog in it and it rivets at you cobalt has has hidden himself behind metal man get away from cobalt yeah uh asmodai you know exactly you don't need to do a check you're very familiar with this uh these frogs are called soul gutters they come in two different sizes the one that you see is practically harmless although its saliva could be used as a hallucinogen. But typically, these frogs are used in place of uh, scans or, you know, like any kind of torchlight. And they also deal with insects, so, you know, it's a double whammy. They provide light, eat insects, and they're pretty cool to look at. Though a lot of people are familiar familiar with its, uh, you know, brother, you know, cousin. The large soul gutters that eat deer carcasses, crocodiles, and humans. The main difference being its hair and skin color, and obviously size. Cobalt, why are you afraid of frog? Fuck! <laughs> attack Cobalt! Really big, really scary! Chase Cobalt! 
it is quite odd. Usually soul gutters are caged. They're smaller creatures. Might have been seeing something a different variant. No, no, big, big, like big. And like he tries holding up his arms as big as he possibly can, but he's struggling. He's going to give you that look that someone would a three-year-old who's learning about the world. Oh, that is big, very big. Oh, good job, Cobalt. And just kind of chews you along. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, as you guys go along, you do get uh, you do come into contact with uh, uh, Leo's respite, and you do see it got fucked up, and you see dust inside cleaning along. With oh, unfortunate! I keep walking. <laughs> it's a shame that that place was no longer under protection, or else that might not have happened. Actually, it wouldn't have happened. What a shame! Very true. Very true. Cobalt. Uh, uh, any reactions from your side? Just, uh, just Cobalt is now looking around everywhere. Just like, where next frog come? Where next frog come? <laughs> Alright, you guys are moving along. Dust, if you want, you could see them moving along outside doing their thing. You're fully aware that they're looking for, you know, Cobalt's collar. Uh, I'm gonna yell out to Cobalt. Did you guys find the collar yet? Oh, that's kitty. Um, I, I think yes and no. We have a lead. And I'm going to present the promise stick to uh, Cobalt. And it's broken. Cobalt, I'm sorry. The big bad guys that messed up the place broke the stick. What Cobalt do? Cobalt did what Dusty Kitty say? And Cobalt is starting to tear up. What's wrong, he Cobalt? He you broke promise. Hence breaking stick. Cobalt, look around. All these bad guys, they, they were part of the Greyhound. They went over to the Jade Hills. They messed up everything, and they happened to hit the stick. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I, okay, Dust. I, I need a persuasion. I need a really good persuasion. Okay, thank God. <laughs> 18. Covet looks like he's about to cry, but after you, I was like, I guess, like with a calm voice, explain what exactly happened. <laughs> Really? There was no reason to lie to you, Cobalt. You're my only friend that I have here. So Dusty Kitty no hate Cobalt? Dusty Kitty has no reason to hate Cobalt. I'm sorry the promise stick got broken. Okay, Cobalt, believe Dusty Kitty. And Cobalt, I'm sure you noticed something else. Cobalt, you do notice something else. As there is a corpse on the floor with uh, the buzzing of flies that still hasn't been dealt with. Yeah, Cobalt, Cobalt, no, it, it, it really smell in here. <laughs> that is one of the bodies that didn't walk away after messing up the place. But I'm assuming you don't, you notice the string is a little further away. Cobalt looks and now looks confused again. Wait, but Dusty Kitty here. Points to Dusty Kitty. But string go that way. Yeah, I was going to say, can you, uh, Make a uh, wisdom check for me, Mega. Just straight wisdom. You know what? No one ever asked me for gay wisdom. Yeah. Some good gay What's wisdom. <laughs> Alright, uh... This is what happens when it's straight wisdom. <laughs> God damn it. You would fucking aspidite with that shit. Always gets me. Uh, so, Eleven. Uh, you have a weird feeling, because, uh... 
It's moving fast. That's it. It's just moving fast. Down the alleyways and shit. Cobalt not sure why he moves so fast, but Dusty Kitty still. Cobalt confused. Do you remember the man who blew up the orphanage? Cobalt, just briefly. Like, there's just like, there's just like a, there's just like a, you know, World War II scene happening behind Cobalt's eyes. And then, yes, Cobalt, remember. Well, Roy has it now. Just be careful about it getting too close. Pay attention to it, okay? But now Cobalt no know where Dusty Kitty is. I'm not leaving anymore, Cobalt. By the way, is Leon dead? Yeah. <laughs> please tell please tell me he, something unfortunate happened to him. It would really make my day. <laughs> As you say that, it, you hear Jack goes, not yet. And you see like a uh, black cat walking up. Battle axe on his back. Practically no clothes. Uh, he never specified. He never had any clothes, did he? Like uh, dust, mega. I mean, none that were described. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say like you know he just wears like a battle kind of skirt. You know what I mean? Like a you'd see in a tribal uh, 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 tribe. And all he has is like a ring on and shit. If you want to talk about jewelry, um, he uh, walks up with uh, uh, Hayden from uh, the Church of Delger, uh, the good brother. Uh, with uh, I believe I said he had uh, blue scales with uh, purple like uh, highlights around his eyes and shit, uh, scale wise. And uh, you see him walk up and say uh, hello. Just gives you uh, a nod to each one of you. Oh, uh, he's fallen unconscious and has to pay a healer. So sad. It's so unfortunate that no one was around to be a healer. And certainly isn't one here now. He laughs at you and goes, <laughs> So, this is about Leo. And he looks at uh, Jack and just gives a nod. And Hayden says, He still owes money to the church. <laughs> he owes money to me as well. Yep. He, he turns around about ready to leave saying, I'm sorry, I can provide no more services until that debt is paid. And starts to walk away. How much is his debt? Oh, have a good one, priest. <laughs> uh, Hayden tells you a uh, hundred gold. Well, dead men cannot pay back any, you know, of their gold. How about I take on his debt while he's that unconscious? That is stupid. Give me him up. We'll wake up in a few hours. Uh, give me a, uh, a persuasion check, please. Tell me what you got. Twenty. Nat twenty? No. Okay. No. Unnatural. Yeah, unnatural twenty. He looks at you and goes, "Dust, I, I can't." can't give you debt after everything you've been through. I'd be a monster to do that. And he goes up to you, puts his hand on your shoulder, and gives a sigh. Is this really important to you? It's really stupid. He's going to wake up in a few hours. Is there anything you could do? I know you don't want to put debt on me, but even though me and Leo aren't on the best of terms, I hate to see people hurt. I've already seen enough of He's them not die. going to die. He's going to wake up in a few <laughs> hours. It's how getting knocked unconscious works. Yeah, but it still hurts. Actually, no. He can't feel anything. He's unconscious. Cobalt has Cobalt has minor illusioned a large crate over Leo's unconscious body. Leo's in uh, side of one the. <laughs> Inside one of the rooms, if you want, you can go in there before he does and just cover him up with a box. <laughs> That's fine. 
Uh, we could say that. I like that. Uh, he has his hand over dust and go, uh, just gives a deep sigh. <sighs> and he looks at you and goes, I've been paid ten gold. The least I can do is bring him back to consciousness. And looks at you, dust. I'm only doing this because of everything you went through. And he just stares at you for a moment, gives you a nod, then starts walking to uh, the room with Leo. He goes in there and, uh, Mega, can you describe what I see? Well, first I need to know, I actually first need to know, like, uh, like, did they, like, put him on a bed, or is he really yeah. just, like, on the floor? <laughs> He's on a bed now. Okay, then, uh, then what actually happens, like, instead of a, instead of a crate, because it needs to at least be somewhat believable, uh, it's like, uh, there is a, there's suddenly a much, uh, like a, a much, like, essentially, uh, Cobalt has minor illusioned, uh, uh, the, the bed in such a way that it appears as though uh, um, as though their body is not in the bed. It looks empty. <laughs> I'm going to do a investigation or a perception something. Oh, uh, for minor illusion, it's, it's an a, investigation. It, it is an investigation against my yeah. spell really? safety DC. <laughs> okay. Um, too bad he rolled high. He rolled a 19. <laughs> oh my god. I was hoping that would work too. Yeah. <laughs> He looks at it, arms behind his back, and he looks at Cobalt, who's clearly not hiding. Oh no! It looks like <laughs> isn't here. So sad. And he looks at <laughs> he looks at Cobalt and just goes, "I see he isn't on the most admissible terms with all of you." That doesn't mean he needs to, you know, be unconscious. He, he'll sleep it off. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I understand you've only known us for, what, a day? We've had a battle, but I've known him for longer. I would say like three days. Like <laughs> I've known him for two days. You don't know shit. <laughs> like, you're literally going to pay 100 gold to expedite two hours. Three hours. Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. Misunderstanding. It... Leo owes the church 100 gold for basically curing his addiction. Uh, just, like, healing him, basically bringing him back to consciousness. It Basically, the man's expecting no dues. Like, he's been paid 10 gold. Usually, it'd be a lot higher, but Dust just convinced him that he should do it anyways. So, this is free process. It's just, Cobalt is making it difficult for the man. <laughs> and, and hearing that um, booming voice coming out of the sky explaining the situation to Asmodai, <laughs> I am going to blow a raspberry at him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It is interesting when Cobalt is actually the most matured. <laughs> oh my god. I love you guys. <laughs> ah, yes. You know, it is so unfortunate that no one in this group knows how to heal. All right, Cobalt, let's go. Time to go get your collar. <laughs> you know, that just hit me. I forgot you're a paladin. <laughs> <laughs> I literally could have healed him at any point. <laughs> that's the joke. I know, and I did catch on to that for a bit. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so, he looks at Cobalt and Son, what has he done to you? Why, why do you make my job so difficult? Yeah. And Cobalt like just lights eyes like. Oh, <laughs> uh, you said that in Draconic, right? Yes. And he looks at you with puzzled face and just goes, "False face." Oh, so that's what that means. Yeah, makes sense. And he looks at, yeah, he looks at Leo, and 
Squints' eyes. A false face. And uh, if you want, you can keep talking. Yeah, just, uh... The cobalt no can trust. <laughs> and he asks you, what clan do you come from, cobalt? Your master. Your master's name. The... Although, actually, uh, thinking about it, above, like, uh, just briefly above table before I answer. Yeah. Um, it's like, uh, would that would that be something that, uh, that you know, like, uh, uh, people like Cobalt would be allowed to say freely? Or, yes. Like, it's sort of it, like a point of pride. Yeah, it's a point of pride. Basically, Okay, making sure, yeah. making sure, making yeah. sure. It's a, a Cobalt child and servant of Itonas. And... He stares at you for way too long in surprise and goes, The Tondas is at the other sea. What are you doing here? Cobalt accident. That's thousands of miles away. And he just shakes his head. And he gets on a knee and pats you on the shoulder and goes, My child, I'm a child of Delger. I'm sure you've heard of my church. You've been in it. That's dedicated to my master. Now, kobolds, dragonborn, we're the same but different. And he looks you in the eyes. But we both have an understanding of how important our master is. And he looks at you and goes, I understand. So, you think this one's a false face? And stands up, goes over to the bed, and goes, Well, luckily for me, Delga does not care whether a person is a false face or not. And he puts his hand over where the minor illusion is, and you see, like, a, uh... He, he breathes, and you see, like, a white mist go over his hand as he lays it above uh, Leo. Leo, your eyes flutter open. What's the first thing you say with everyone in your room? Like I left. Oh, yeah. All except for Asmodei. <laughs> How is the bar? <laughs> I burned it down! Actually, realizing that Asmodei has left... Uh, Cobalt quickly runs out the room. Wait for Cobalt! So, do, uh... How much health do I have now? One. One. It was a really big one, though. Yeah. The end looks a lot better than you do. Perhaps you should, you know, take a little bit more of a rest. Yeah, I'm gonna cast uh, Healing Hands on myself. Uh, you do. And there's a golden sheen on your body. Yeah. Uh, How much do you heal? I heal five more. All right. You're at uh, six HP. And he looks at you and goes, Mr. Longpaw, please do not forget the debt that you have towards the Church of Delga. The only reason why I did help you on this occasion is because your friend, and emotions to dust, insisted that I help. Well, of course I'd never forget that debt. Told you, we're arranging the money transfers. It takes a couple days. You gave me a couple days. I don't know why you would expect me not to pay that debt. And he just looks at you, stares, and says, I am very accustomed to people throwing away their debts. Hopefully you prove to be a different kind of man. And he gives you a smile. Church of Delger is always looking for hands, if you so need to pay it off in another way. But if you do have the money... I will always accept it. Yeah, you'll have your money. And he smiles and says, May Delga be with you, and walks out of the room. Hayden, wait. He looks at you, Dust. Yes, my son. That word that Cobalt says, you said that means false face, right? Yes, indeed. It is uh, a slur. 
So, Leo, why are people calling you a false face? And T stops you before getting too far ahead, and he goes, Are you familiar with Vitandis? Uh, I just learned that that's um, our Cobalt friend's master. Why? And he gives you a chuckle. My friend, Vitandis was tricked by a shapeshifter. That's just a hateful word you use to people who leave you in the dust. And he kind of chuckles when he realizes he made a connection to your name. And he says, it's not literal. It's just a slur. Is hate meant for people who do not deserve your love or compassion? And he gives you a look. Then looks at Leo and says to Leo, you must have done something awful to earn a name like that. And do you have anything else to say to Hayden before he leaves? No. No. You guys just exchange looks and he says to Dust, you are always welcome in my church, and I always have an open ear for you, my child, and walks out. May Delga be with you, as he walks down the hallway. So, Leo, any reason why some of our members of our friend group have a little animosity towards you? I have a feeling I know why the blue was, but the other one I'm less sure about. Why does the blue one dislike you? He has a name, by the way. Well, he's stopped using my name, so... Damn. So what's your problem with Cobalt? I don't have a problem with him. Well, what's his problem with you? I think he's upset about the boat. Well, you know, I'm a little mad about that too, but he is young. He'll come to terms with it. I hope so. Our new friend Asmodai, however, well, however you want to put it, doesn't seem to be taking a liking to you. How did you come into holding of this inn? Wasn't it part of his group? I didn't take it from his group. I merely purchased it from the previous owner, fair and square. I noticed that he was concerned about my debt, and while paying off my debt, I decided to purchase the place. Okay, so he's just a, he's a little butthurt at the changing of hands, I see. I'm sure. I also don't think he's appreciative of how his boss and I seem to be getting along quite well. Fair enough, you are a man of deals. Like I said, you still look a little worse for wear. Do you want to take a rest? I mean, I I would like to take a rest, but I need to to see to some affairs. Is the the other cat, the Jack, I believe his name was. Is he still around? Great. So he said, uh, is Jack still around? Um, yes, he is. Uh, he's helping uh, clean up uh, your <laughs> fucked up in. I believe he's got a business deal that I think you'd be quite interested in. Well, I have more pressing matters. I want to look outside to see like what time of day it is. Uh, it's, I said that you guys woke up in the afternoon, and I'm going to say it's about mid-afternoon now. Because uh, he didn't take a full two-hour uh, rest. Uh, from being unconscious. So I'm going to say about an hour, maybe an hour and a half past. I'll go grab Jack and bring him back up here. All right. As you're uh, going along, you see uh, Jack talking to the bartender, and they're both laughing at a joke. Then uh, you see Jack look up to you and goes, Hey, Dust. And he he has like an armful of broken shit. Looks like he grabbed a wheelbarrow to start holding this. So I remember you're good at disposing of bodies. We still got that one rotting over there. We're still going to have to dispose of that. I suggest you take care of it after we talk business with Leo real quick. He 
gives you a glare at openly mentioning that he disposes of bodies, then he just gives you a nod and follows you along. But real quick, let us let us hide the body in case anyone decides to wander in for a drink. What do you say? Make up your mind. And he just uh, grabs the body and just takes it with you guys while you guys go to Leo. So he has it over his shoulder following you. Which half does he have? It, like, it's still connected. It's just like, uh, you know, from the neck down to the chest is like a split. It's still connected. Please tell me you did not spill that all over my floors. He, uh, Jack looks at Dust and goes, it's his fault. Roll a d20 for blood stain damage. See, uh, honestly, hang on. Well, uh, luckily that's something I can deal with with my prestidigitation. Alright, to uh, go over the damages, that's 119 gold coins worth of damages done to your bar. From your liquor, to your furniture, to redoing the flooring, and the bloodstains. There is a lot of work to be done. We'll just repaint the whole thing red. <laughs> Alright, uh, paint it burgundy. Uh, well, that's gonna be more expensive. Burgundy is an expensive color. I didn't know that. That's cool to hear. All right. Uh, so, what do you guys talk about? Uh, all three cats are in the same room. Which cat is gonna come out of the bag? Uh, first, I open up my bag of catnip. Okay, it sounds hot. I like where this is going. Drugs. Because <laughs> I know Jack is is such a fan of drugs. Yeah, <laughs> be like that South Park episode where the humans leave the house and, like, the cats have, like, a fucking party. But, uh, actually, I'm going to... I'm guessing that that one map was destroyed. And he gives you a nod, saying, yeah, that map was also ten years old. It might have been a little outdated, but it should have worked. Now we're kind of going in blind. We gotta redo a lot of the groundwork. I... I think I know someone that can scout out the place for us. Who do you have in mind? My personal assistant happens to be quite um, sneaky when she wants to be. Hmm. Gives you a nod. That's good to hear. We could use a rope to help scout out the situation. Okay, what else do you guys uh, talk about? I uh, bring dust into the loop of the plan, so without going all over it all again, but now he knows that we're going to planning on breaking into this party and and stealing some some fancy things so uh dust so basically what he reiterates is basically there's gonna be a heist on the ball that's tomorrow night and that uh there is like a showcasing a magical artifact that was acquired by the magical inquisition to show how great they are there's gonna be a lot of uh big heads big honchos from military political stances everything that's gonna be at this ball it's a big job. Now, why would we steal from these people? Just to turn a coin? No. There's there's more to it than just turning a coin. And this is where Jack chimes in. And he goes, I was gonna... Hang on. I was gonna mention this to uh, John. Not John. I was gonna mention this to Leo. But with the Greyhounds, I got interrupted. No, this actually goes a little deeper than that. Dust, you're not a big fan of the Jade Hand, are you? I'm sure you're quite well aware. And he gives you a nod. Neither am I. And he looks at Leo. And I assume you have the same opinion as us. He makes life difficult. 
Yes, he does. Well, this heist is a little bit more than the money involved. There's a special item that I heard uh, Colebeard and uh, uh, Roy were looking into that's at this ball. And you know if those two are interested, it can mean either one of two things. They're either button ha heads or working together. And I'm going to assume the latter. Because looking at this item, and he like pulls out a little notebook that he has, it doesn't serve either one of their interests. And you guys look at it, and it looks like a porcelain egg that he has uh, sketched down. Well, seeing as how it's a drawing, I imagine it's quite hard to tell that it's porcelain. So I'm guessing it looks like just an egg. Basically, but you know, like he basically writes down uh, uh, notes. It, it it looks like one of those uh, Fabergé Fabergé eggs. Yeah, thank you. Not porcelain. A uh, Fabergé egg. Basically, it's encrusted, jeweled, and it's uh, like just a nice egg. Now, I wouldn't really raise an eyebrow if it was just Colebeard going after it, because you know him; he can turn a coin. But Roy, on the other hand, I can't see the interest with grabbing this egg. He doesn't have the same links that Colebeard has. Now, by the sounds of it, I, I overheard from a few of their lackeys that they're both looking in to get this egg. I have no idea what the importance is, but I know it's uh, one of the main showcases for that. And he looks at you guys. The interesting thing about this is that uh, these items, all these uh, showcasing for uh, artifacts, they're going to be investigated by the Magical Inquisition to see what's worth uh, keeping away from uh, the general public and what's worth selling to uh, fund the Magical Inquisition. Now, this egg, I hear, is going to be passed underneath the radar. It's going to be a part of an auction that's going to end the night. Now, if we can take this, I have a good feeling that we can stop whatever the Jade Hand is planning. He looks at Leo and goes, do you sound interested? I am, but uh, one question, what's in it for you? And he gives you a deathly glare. That son of a bitch set me up. Do you know anything about me, Leo? He just gives you a glare. Do you know the hell I went through? We've all been through hell, but seeing as how I only... I saved you once, but... I've only known you very briefly. We have, first conversation we ever had was when you brought this heist to me. And he looks at you and goes, You're right. You don't know anything about me. Let me give you a rundown. Keep it short and simple. Because of him, I lost my position in my gang. Because of him, there's blood on my hands that wasn't supposed to be there. Because of him, I've been on the run. And because of him, I nearly died. And... We see, like, uh, him look at Dust and goes, He's the reason we ended up on that damned island. I nearly lost my life there. So yes, I do have a problem with the Jade Hand. And yes, if I can fuck him over, I will fuck him over. Are you in? Sure. And he gives you a smile. Alright. Um, is there any other kind of RP that, uh, you guys want to do specifically? I know, uh, Dust is away for the moment. But John... Do you, do you have anything in mind before we uh, move on? Uh, no, not with Jack. All right, Dust, what do you want? So, Jack, why do you blame it all on me? What? No, you said Jade Hand. 
He blames huh. every yeah. He blamed everything on Jade Hand, and he looked at you and said, "Like both both you guys were nearly killed by him being sent on that island." He has a grudge, and he assumes that you also have a grudge with everything oh. that's happened to you. I thought he said we all got caught up in a thing that was due to me. Anything else? We can uh, keep our opinion if anyone has another topic, but uh, if there's nothing left, we can uh, deal with the dead body and how you guys want to get rid of it. It's now turning blue. Well, I mean. I feel like it's safe to report this to the guards because uh, yep. they broke into my bar and messed up the place. So I feel like we don't really have to hide it or anything. Just, you know, let them deal with it. Okay. Uh, so you guys get the guards uh, to deal with a dead body? And uh, make an insurance claim. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're going to say, like, uh, one of the guards uh, does come up to you, Leo, and we're assuming that you're limping slightly. And uh, he has, like, a notebook out as you guys, uh, like, give accounts on what happened. And he does give you a curious eyebrow, gives you a nod. Everything seems to check out. And uh, we see, like, uh, guards dealing with the dead body, then, like, uh, Hayden dealing with the proceedings as, like, uh, you know, the body gets buried uh, somewhere. This has been House Common Blood, the intro music by White Sand, Promise, and the outro music by Darren Curtis. Time's up. Any music and sound effects used in this episode are royalty-free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you happen to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us. Did Kobo do good, Master?